This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where his disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name, the gospel of the Lord. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the peace of the Holy Spirit be with you. Our overarching theme for the Sundays of this Easter season is simply Easter life. And while this is certainly appropriate as a theme for this season, no matter what the season, our life is always Easter life. There is so much in today's gospel reading to lead us into that theme that it sets the table for the entire life of the faithful living in the light of the resurrection. First of all, I've always felt that Thomas got a bum rap. For centuries, Sunday school teachers have shaken their fingers and warned the students, do not be a doubting Thomas. And his doubting the resurrection, until he saw Jesus for himself, has had him labeled and remembered primarily as the doubter. However, when you think about it, since the other apostles had been granted the great joy of seeing Jesus in person, Thomas' desire to withhold belief until he had the same experience, 
doesn't seem all that unreasonable to me, at least not to me. Indeed, once he saw and touched Jesus, his immediate reaction was worship, my Lord and my God. Easter life is worship in the joy of discovery. Then, according to tradition, Thomas became a missionary to India, where he established churches in a variety of provinces in that subcontinent, where he is still honored there today. In other words, he became a faithful disciple who gave his life to the gospel of the risen Christ, and that is how we should remember him. Nonetheless, the incident is leading us to understand that Easter life is a life of faith, not sight. And faith at its core is a matter of trust. We entrust ourselves to the truth of the risen Christ and the promise of forgiveness and life which that provides. We are betting our lives on that promise. And that is what Thomas and all those first apostles and disciples did. Faith though, also involves knowledge that inspires that trust. And that is why Easter faith is grounded in the disciples' witness to Jesus' resurrection and the commitment of life that they made inspired by that experience. And that is why we return again and again to the testimony of Christ, the testimony to his resurrection that is ours in the word, and in his tangible presence for us in baptism and Eucharist. Easter life, the life of faith, is active in mission. As the Father has sent me, so I send you, Jesus said to the disciples. Easter life is like Willie Nelson likes to sing, on the road again, literally and figuratively. Reading out, reaching out to others with the promise of Easter is a varied, is as a varied, uh, as a, a, it's as varied in its expression as a, a spring bouquet of multicolored flowers. Sometimes it blossoms in sharing one's faith with another, when life presents a golden opportunity to do so. Sometimes it blossoms in setting an example of loving respect for others in our workplace, or in our public relationships. Sometimes it blossoms in acting on behalf of the values of life that the resurrection has assured, whether in food for the hungry, or advocacy for the poor, or health care for all. Always it is strengthening the fellowship of believers through prayer for one another, and the support of one another through attendance at worship, and service in order that the community of faith may be a living witness, a veritable bouquet of faith, hope, and love in full flower. Being sent, we are not sent alone. Jesus sends us with the Holy Spirit as our strength and our guide. He is with us in the Spirit, John writes, that he breathed on the disciples as he gave them the Holy Spirit. And when we drill deeper into the text, it gets even better. We have echoes here of the story of the creation in Genesis 2. 
There you remember God shaped the human out of the dust of the earth. The image is like a potter shaping the clay into a vessel. And then God breathed into the human the breath of life. Spirit and breath are the same word in Hebrew, the Ruach Yahweh, the breath of God, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the Creator God, the breath of life. The ancient Latin prayer says it, Veni Creator Spiritus Sancti, come Creator Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit, which is ours as well as those first disciples, is the breath of the new creation. God in Christ has brought us up from the dust and ashes of Ash Wednesday and breathed into us the resurrected life of Easter. Easter life as faith in mission is life as a testimony to God's mercy. The resurrection victory of Christ, which has brought the life of the new creation, is bound up in the forgiveness of sin. And God worked out that in the mystery of the cross. So Jesus tells those first disciples and all who follow, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The power to extend God's forgiveness is given to the community. The declaration of absolution is, along with the Word and the Eucharist, a means of grace. Grace flows through the declaration of God's forgiveness into the depths of our souls. In Matthew's Gospel, we have a parallel statement from Jesus there to the emerging church. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And here, too, Jesus is giving the church the power to extend God's forgiveness. But it is more than that. The church has also been given the authority and responsibility to decide what is good and what is evil. What is looked at, what is loosed is allowed as good, and what is bound is considered evil. Therefore, Easter life for the church bears the responsibility to be a community of moral deliberation. How does our understanding of the will of God, as we come to know it, in the Bible and Christian tradition, apply to the many new situations unknown in biblical times? How does love speak to those issues? The community of faith gathered around Scripture with the guidance of the Spirit must struggle to give direction to its people and as part of its witness in the world. And we know what a struggle this can be. We're all well aware of the differences that result when an issue is controversial and deeply so. We've seen this in debates over new understandings of human sexuality and how to ex respond to new initiatives in medicine that modify human life in ways never before imagined, environmental issues critical in our age as never before. People like pat answers. That is typical of our political discourse in this soundbite world. But certain Christian absolutists also claim such certainty, certainty of judgment that really is quite impossible for finite and sinful people. No, as we face the difficult choices personally and as a church, 
We live not by certitude in all matters, but by the assurance that God is with us in the Spirit as we struggle with the ambiguity of life as not yet perfected. This is, after all, the message of the Thomas event. We who have come after the Twelve live by faith, not by the certainties of sight. When Jesus showed his wounds, the wounds of the crucifixion to the disciples, and now to Thomas, it isn't Incidentally, by the way, only place in the Bible we know that Jesus was nailed to the cross rather than by ropes, as was often done in the crucifixions. However, more interesting than that little biblical note is why the risen Christ retains the wounds of his execution and shows them to his friends, even allowing for touch. We may assume, first of all, it was to show that the resurrection of the body was real, Jesus was not a ghost, and this is doubtless the primary reason. But it also occurs to me that the wounds caused by the sin of humankind remain in the risen Christ because the sin they represent now belongs to God so that it may never again destroy us. That idea fits well with what Luther called the wonderful exchange. This is how Luther described it. Whatever sins I, you, and all of us have committed or may commit in the future, they are as much Christ's own as if he himself had committed them. In short, our sin must be Christ's own sin, or we shall perish eternally. In the resurrection, our sin which he absorbed, is blotted out forever by his victory. Easter life is resurrected life. And so we offer our praise with the Apostle Thomas, my Lord and my God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.